to record basically means to be in the house. And since I would kind of like to be outside, but I also want to record while things are on my mind, I've opened up the window. It's easy to take those sounds for granted. It's easy to just be annoyed by them. But I think about the fact that some people just never do get a chance to hear them. I think about the fact that I could potentially run out of opportunities to hear those cicadas. There's years when the hatch is uh, you know, it's it's a, a certain brood, a certain set of genetics that's it's been waiting 17 or 19 years or whatever, and they're louder, and it's a really big brood, and everyone gets annoyed because they can't go outside. Even even in the middle of Columbia, Missouri, you know, people can't go outside and have a conversation. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to take a moment uh, for of gratitude for that. My name is Kerry, and this is From the Hip. I have talked a little bit about virtuality, uh, as in, as in the replacement of reality with the virtual and and this show comes a few weeks on the heels of an article that I wrote this past winter about a Amazon series called upload and what I think it kind of portends and predicts for our reality being kind of overtaken with not just literal virtual reality elements, but for everything to be synthesized and everything to be a representation of a representation of reality or, you know, uh, something that is derivative and, and takes away from raw experience. I, I am very much opposed to that. And it, it makes me a bit of a technophobe and aside from the fact, you know, I've mentioned I've, I've been enthralled in the GameStop saga. You know, if it were not for that, I think that I would have gained a lot of distance from my phone over the last six months. Um, not, you know, not only that, I would have gained more distance from my computer where I record these episodes. Other than that, I don't spend a heck of a lot of time in front of my screens anymore. And that's great. And, and I've been pushed to that point because of things like the upload show and, and the way that I you know experience that. And I don't I don't want my life to be a a mirror of something. I don't want it to be derivative. I don't want it to be lived vicariously really in any fashion. I, I don't even want you know I don't want drama to be vicarious. I, you know I want to take it or leave it. And and because of this, 
I am very disinterested, uninterested in video games. I used to love playing uh, Madden NFL a long time ago. After that, I really loved NCAA football. Played that for a year or so after that franchise of video games stopped being made. Um, and luckily, my console, my Xbox, just quit working, and it and and Xbox said that they were no longer going to service those models, and so I have this Xbox that's actually at a friend's house for years now. It doesn't work, which is for the best. I don't I don't want to virtualize my life that way any anymore. I don't want to be removed from this plane, and and I've led on to that. <clears throat> and I discovered another reason for to to avoid that just this evening and it's because the the modeling uh, of a video game the 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 dynamics the, the structure of video games for the last 30 years have probably had a profound effect on on the the mental status mental the projections the expectations especially of boys and men and, and I'm going to get into that, what I mean by that. And, and, and it's had negative consequences. What I mean is there's this formulaic element to video games. Input, sequence, output. Challenge, level up, reward. Challenge, level up, reward. There's a, there's a simpler way of looking at it and that comes from math class. You know, when we started learning algebra... My, our teacher started talking about functions, functions, and, and, and in order to sort of conceptualize this function, she, she drew a box on the board, and it was a kind of a machine, and she explained this machine as a thing that you put inputs out into and got outputs. You know, you drop the inputs in the top, a variable, and you got an an outcome out the other side. What separated that machine from r regular sorts of machines in the real world is that if you dropped the number one in to the machine, that produced a different outcome than if you dropped a number two into the machine. Goodness, um, how, how about YRX? <laughs> uh, right, but you you get you you took algebra, and so you understand what I mean by functions. Now, unfortunately. I don't think this was the sort of thing that we ever, there were numerous cases. I didn't understand at some point in my life this whole, this algebraic function thing was going to play a role. I was going to want to build functions into spreadsheets and, and so on and so forth in order to do, you know, work that I do now. I'm not kidding about this. Uh, we, we always wanted to know the relevance of why we were torturing ourselves in algebra, but this was not something that was really brought forth. What's the practicality here? No, our functions turned into uh, lines on graphs on our, on our complex calculators, right? And we didn't really have a great understanding of what the practicality of those lines were either. We just knew that if we did, you know, manage these formulas, we were going to have these lines come out. And that is all um, potentially relevant to this line of inquiry. And 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 so what, what I... The, but the distinction that I'm trying to draw here is that 
that life is not like a video game and life is not like that function machine. You throw a lot of variables into life, not just one. And the outcomes that you get, um, we might be able to stay, you know, we might be able to say statistically, on average, the outcomes, the outcome will be this, right? But there's too many variables at play to actually make a measurement. And so f of x just does not equal y 100% of the time. And that's much like the video game in which you step into your role, you execute your role, you get the points, and if you do enough points or you do enough fast enough, you're, you're the, the, on the top of the leaderboard. And that's just not life. Yes, some people make it to the top of the leaderboard or leaderboards in life. And, and yes, some people win, but there seem to be a finite number of winners and there is plenty of failure to go around. And that is something that video games leave out. Because if I die during a video game level, I get to respawn, it's called, and start over from my last save point and, and still level up eventually. There's a utility to this for playing the video game. And there's a utility in life for just getting back up from, from the nearest place you can raise yourself up and trying again. But to be oriented towards the expectation that you can get up and still be on the same path 100% of the time and finish the game the way you, you know, the game is organized for you to finish. That's, a, that's not a good expectation. And I th thought to myself on the heels of another thought, we have not done a good job of explaining life that way. And, and that's when the video game thing hit me was that we've, you know, we've, we have this whole pattern that especially young males have experienced because they're more involved in video games than, than women, young girls. We've developed this pattern for them to not really be accustomed to failure. Never, you know, that's, this is an addition to what goes on at school where the schools are being... You know, they're making it impossible to to hand down punishments or, you know, or, or any sorts of discipline that divert that student away um, from from looking like they're OK, looking like they're in good standing when when really they need to be somewhere else. Um, they need to be frowned upon, perhaps video games are a whole other issue in a creating a, a misaligned expectation of, of what adulthood will be. And it's very, very implicit. I'm not trying to say that, that video games are necessarily uh, drawn up to do what I'm describing. I'm just saying there's a high likelihood that it's a consequence. Life is not linear. It's not, you know, it's, it, it's not something that you can you can just punch in single variables in the calculator and get predictable results out of. That That ought to be shook out of us. Randomness plays an important part in life, period. Not just human life, but life, period. I'm not saying that there aren't replicatable um, and, and expectable events. I'm just saying 
that there's a lot of events. And so and I think that expectations get in the way of intentions. If there's something that you want, you need to become the variable. You need to take hold of the many variables in, in order to increase the likelihood that you can get that thing that you want. So all of this came on the heels of me thinking about how it seems that we've done a very poor job of raising boys and young men to understand the, um, the courtship process, uh, to, to put a, just a vague term on it. What I'm getting at is there's kind of this input-output expectation mindset that really could only be helped along by, by the dynamic of video games that I've been explaining, is that when a young man approaches a woman for the first time that he's attracted to, and especially if this is, if he's kind of middle to late of the pack of, of, of young men approaching girls, you know, if he's, if he's kind of taken his time and, and, um, so he's got less data, less, less feedback in, in attempts to do this. The longer he waits, the more likely it is that he's going to screw this up, that he's going to do it all wrong. And, and a lot of times what, what this will consist of, clear into late teens, by the way, 20s, 30s, and 40s, there are men all through that, ex, that age spectrum who will mess this up, is they will try to garner a woman's affections by way of gifts or services, compliments, etc., and they expect to be endeared to her. They expect affection in return. And besides the fact that, that what I've described is fundamentally just probably playing it backwards, they expect this f of x, this function, you know, here, here's my good stuff, here's my gifts, here's, here's my my positives I'm, I'm feeding to you. Now, you produce, you, woman function, produce affection towards me. That is this implicit thing that is I see happening. I've seen it happening. I think that uh, that probably every woman who has been on more than a few dates in her lifetime has experienced this, and many of them probably experience this more than once. Is there's this ex, you know there's a set of expectations. They they can vary, but the general expectation is is affection based on a a um, a gift or compliment, etc. And that's just not how it works. And so in much the same way that I think there's, it's, it's a fine line. It's a fine line being adult and adult and trying to encourage children and adolescents. It's a fine line between trying to encourage them and educate them that, that failure is going to happen. And, and so I guess I probably don't have to shy much uh, on the topic to to um, that is I don't have to to worry too much about being wrong here. I'm gonna err on the side of saying we're doing too poor a job of educating children about failure, and so much in the same vein, we're not. There's there's not a good discussion. If there's any discussion at all with with boys and young men, look here's your role. Here's something you need to know about 
your interactions with women for the next decade, you know, if we're sitting down with 15-year-olds or 18-year-olds for that matter, they need to know it's your job to be polite. It's your job to pay attention. It's your job to listen to this woman. And hopefully, you know, if she's worth her salt, she will listen to you as well. But it's your job to just just be honest, be sweet, be kind, be polite. And, and if you're lucky, she'll pick you. And you 100% need to accept that or accept it if she doesn't. There's no question about this. You might feel any number of letdown emotions, but there's no place for you to be angry if she doesn't pick you. The only time you should be angry at all is if she's dishonest. And the best course of action in that case is to very politely point out to her that you deserve better and to walk away. So switching gears here, um, this is the beginning of a phrase I think that I'm going to repeat over and over in this show is that life is nonlinear. Back, back to the idea of, of inputs and outputs in life and it not being a predictable function machine. Life is not linear, and, and much of what we're doing, even if we're doing a really good job, things are going our way, much of what most of us are going to do throughout our lives is coil up a spring on which we can spring forth eventually you know, into, the, into the sky, hopefully. You know, we, you know, it's going to propel us into a flying course of action that we desired but it's it you know and so as we would map that flying across you know meta, meta, map any of this metaphor on a chart like we would on our TI-83 calculator it's non-linear we're doing nothing we're doing nothing we're staying right there close to that x-axis and we're creeping up slowly off the x-axis creeping up slowly and then hopefully one day we we just shoot up off the x-axis you know and and we go you know hell hell maybe we shoot not only we shoot way up off the x-axis we shoot way 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 far off the y-axis and we make some sort of s chart that that you know is hardly ever seen you know, if if I think I think yeah, the word luck does come into it, but it takes a lot of work, a lot of preparation, it takes a lot of study to to chart that course. But it's nonlinear. You don't you know think you think about that s s chart. You've all, you all know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know I'm not a math nerd by any account. But you think about that. Think about it like a road. And if you're on, on the right side of the, of the S, 
you can't see back to the left side of the S. You know, if it was a winding road, you can't see where you're going. You know you're going down a road. You know you're going slowly. And, and you hope that you're getting up up and, you know, beyond the two bins in this S. But you don't know that the road is curved. So life is not a linear function. And life seldom seldom functions like anything close to that. And all we can really do is, one, discharge ourselves from that perspective, that expectation that good things should be showered upon us every step of the road. You know, if we if we think that we're putting good outputs out and You know, just 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 put that idea at arm's length, and then and then do it. Do everything else, because that's what it's going to take. Thank you for your time and your attention. Have a wonderful week. Okay, here we go.